This episode of The Good Pop Culture Club is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account, to refinancing household debt, to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need. Because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. And hey everyone, welcome to the Good Pop Culture Club, the podcast about all the good pop culture that gets us through our days. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me once again is professional. Are you still anxious? I think I'm just sad now. I don't know if I'm I'm anxious anymore because I've accepted like our our reality and therefore don't feel anxiety anymore. I think it's just like a depressed acceptance. But that's not as alliterative. So self-proclaimed professional, um, resigned Asian American. Resigned. That's a great word. Yes. Hello, everybody. (laughs) And also professional culture editor, Han Nguyen. Hey, hey. Hey. So we are now barreling towards Christmas 2020. And so we've decided for this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite holiday movies. Uh, But before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture is beginning us through the week. Uh, Jess, what's popping? So I have gone on record for like a 45 minute tangent that I'm sure you had to cut down, edit and heavily reduce. But my love for Taylor Swift is very well known. Um, We did not get Lover Fest this year, but we did get Folklore. And it is the gift that keeps on giving because Taylor Swift dropped the, I guess, concert session recording movie of Folklore, the Long Pond Sessions So this for the first time, her Aaron Desner of the Nationals and Jack Antonoff, her longtime producer and songwriting partner, who ever since I learned about this weird conspiracy about him dating Lord, like I can't look at him the same. I don't know if it's true, but like it's true in my heart. Look it up. Um, So they got together in this very picturesque autumn, autumn, like, like wooded pawn session like studio in like upstate new york and they recorded the album live it's wonderful it's better than the original album i think the live recording sessions there's a lot of beautiful texture and it's just you know now that the weather's colder and now you know folklore feels appropriate the mood feels appropriate it's like great i've had it on in the background like nonstop since it came out since it dropped on disney plus and there's like interspersed with little cuts of them talking about music and writing music and creating and art. And it's lovely. I would highly recommend it if you are a fan of the Folklore album. Obviously, if you don't like the Folklore album, you're not going to like this movie. <laughs> but it did also Folklore got like, I think it got ranked number one on like Rolling Stones, like album 20. I'm like, I feel vindicated. 
Not that it matters. <laughs> Not matters what Rolling Stones thinks, but I do feel a little validated. Mm. And yeah, would highly recommend. Even if just put on the background. I'm what I'm really waiting for is the vinyl of the studio session. So you can actually listen to the studio version, the, this this session version on Spotify. But like, I want the vinyl. You you have a turntable then? No, but I want the vinyl. <laughs> I will get one for the vinyl, for this vinyl specifically. You know, I haven't listened to terrestrial radio since COVID started because I haven't been in my car or driven around other people's cars. So I have no idea what music is hot right now. I think the last update I had was WAP, which was from this podcast from you, Jess. (laughs) So I've totally missed this entire cycle of Taylor Swift popular music so i have no idea what songs are in there it's a great cycle i'm very excited for you to one day discover it you know no rush you i think i think the great part about music is like it doesn't really age right like you can miss the whole conversation about like a show and like no one cares no one wants to talk to you about game of thrones anymore yeah if you like you know in five years if you want to talk about taylor swift's folklore i am here for you, Marvin. I mean, love it or hate it, and I know tons of people who hate it, T. Sweezy's canon <laughs> of music is pretty timeless. They're very poppy, they're very earwormy, and I'm sure they'll be playing these in um, wedding reception halls for the next decade. No, this one's a little sadder and moodier. This is more uh, like a coming of age, folklore <laughs> a little more to her country roots. Um, mm. But I think it is a good, like, gateway for people who think they don't like Taylor Swift because I mean it's it's like you know it's Aaron Desner of the Nationals and his influence is definitely felt and I think people I just remember the one time I was dating this guy in college and I met his best friend from high school and the best friend was such like a negative Nancy about Taylor Swift and I like it ended up get us getting into this full blown argument about like taste and class and sexism <laughs> and Taylor Swift. And he just was like hating on Taylor Swift. And I'm like, I understand like if you don't, that's not your thing. But like, like, I don't understand how you're measuring success here, dude. Like, are you going to talk about albums sold? Are you talking about like fan base passion? Are you talking about like, you just don't like her, but like, why can't you? just understand that she doesn't write music for you or your world experience. Like he was like an ACDC guy. And I'm just like, I'm like, do you like the Beatles? He's like, yeah, I love the Beatles. I'm like, the Beatles were also the most popular pop band in the world. Like you don't shit on them. Like you're shitting on Taylor Swift. And it got into this whole thing. We did not last very long after that. Mm. I was uh, at I a party it. once where amongst a lot of musicians or some guy was trying to flex by saying that he didn't like the Beatles. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I think I know, know yeah. music are as all subjective and you don't have to like I don't think anyone you you don't have to like no one has to like anything or no one has to but then also like if someone likes something you don't like like you don't have to go like out of your way to like <laughs> shit on their opinions. I also unless yeah. it's actively harmful. Like it, unless like you're like I love this fascist dictator. I'm like okay, okay. Let's let's calm down. But like what if Stalin had a like a pop record that slapped. I don't know. I think I'd probably might. I don't know. I mean, that that goes down to the argument. Like, can you separate the artist from the person? Like the art from the artist. And usually at this point, I do. Um, but like Taylor Swift, I don't think anything in her personal life offends me, really. She's just 
grown up, you know? She's, and she so, was 15 when she started. She That's I what mean, I her, that's yeah, what I mean. Right? She's she's been growing up in front of us and so yeah, she's been a target for people who can't deal with teenagers, you know? <laughs> so yeah. um I and I feel like and not to compare them to the Beatles her to the Beatles as far as like longevity, but she also has had many different styles and evolved and mm-hmm. same with the Beatles. So I feel like anyone who says like even I hate the Beatles, I'm just like, well, which era you know so it's kind of like same when you were talking about her her country versus her pop versus this now more you know thoughtful or whatever um so i actually haven't heard folklore either um <laughs> and so i'm i'm curious to listen to it because uh i got into her a little bit um i don't know what 10 years ago or so whatever mm-hmm. it is and it's uh you know she was fine like i don't love her but i can't deny that she makes earworms <laughs> and that she watch, watch the sessions because yeah. it's also like i think her voice has just gotten incredibly stronger and like richer over the mm-hmm. years which is also very cool to see that's good I love it when like I just like I like it when artists change and do weird shit like I you know Reputation was not my favorite album by a long shot but at the same time I'm like you know you swung and you tried something different and I would prefer that over like a you know as much as I love Adele like 25 was just 21 part two (laughs) there's not many songs on 25 that stand out I think I can remember one song 21 plus four 21 plus four we're Asians here we have a reputation to uphold a reputation (laughs) bad Um. reputation um so and you know like taylor Swift's gonna be here forever because she can write her own song she plays her own music she basically she has like those inherent skills that require that are required for an artist have longevity like on a purely artistic basis and she's also like a brilliant businesswoman and can sell anything in a very smart way and i'm like you know what that's fine i'm i'm i literally was just wearing my taylor swift sweater earlier today (laughs) so i just i'm also i'm on this thread with like a bunch of my college friends and like we range from like very hipster taste to like very basic ass taste and we just all love folklore and we just like talk about folklore and the album's been out for like over six months now so about six months so you know? Kind of reminds me of I forgot which Saturday Night Live it was, but there was an episode where um everyone was home for the holidays. I can't remember which holiday. And in order to avoid talking about politics, they just played Adele. And so yes. everyone could yes. agree. The and so hello. yeah. It's yeah. Hello from me. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I I'm sure I'll like it if I listen to it. This year yeah, I've been a woefully out of, you know, touch with music, but, you know, certain things did penetrate like WAP, uh, Fiona Apple. Um, I'd have to say the BTS song Dynamite. <laughs> oh, uh, I thought yeah. it was the stupidest thing I have ever heard lyrically the first time I heard Dynamite. And that's saying something because I'm a big connoisseur of k-pop and c-pop and j-pop and then like by like listen number four i was like yes king kong like a rolling stone yes i'm like yes i'm in it percent in it i can't remember how many versions of their video is out there but my friend basically taught me that uh 
some the basics of BTS by showing me each of the videos. So I heard that song like four or five times in a row, um, in addition to seeing it on the uh, VMAs, which is when I first was like, oh, shit, do I like BTS now? Yes. <laughs> It's just funny because I know in Korean they're like very well known and well beloved because their lyrics are actually very like deep and like kind of address serious mm-hmm. issues. And so I knew that about them, not understanding Korean. Mm-hmm. And then now and then like their American debuts, like I'm like, what? <laughs> you just have to ignore. Yeah, the lyrics yeah. and just like enjoy it for whatever it is. So are you army now, Han? Are you army? No, no, I'm not. I'm not well-versed enough. So I do not pretend. And I, um, like, for example, I still don't know who's who. <laughs> so oh, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I know I one did, of them is named rap monster. There was one I did recognize for a while, but then I forgot about like <laughs> three months later, like what his name was and how I to recognize him. So I have to go back, but apparently there's one that everyone likes. And so that was the one I was teaching myself to recognize. And now I just don't know. I think that's probably uh, Rap Monster since it's the only one I could recognize. Or the only one I know which one is the leader, but I don't know his <laughs> name, but I know what he looks like. So if you like put him against like a lineup, I could point him out for you <laughs> if that's helpful. Yeah. So if BTS robbed a bank and they're like, who's your leader? I'll be like, <laughs> that one. If BTS robbed a bank. And also, you know, we got to thank B- uh, uh, BTS and the other K pop, you know, demons for Demons. our democracy. <laughs> oh, year. yes. Yes. The BTS army helped save democracy. Yes. Thank you, kids. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but Han, what is popping with you? All right. So I'm still reading. And this was a series that I had intended to start like three years ago when I think it was first launched. Um, but I'm kind of glad that I waited until now so that way I can read two in a row. And that means the third in the trilogy is coming out in April, so I won't have to wait too long for it. And it is as delightful as I thought it was going to be. So it is, the first one is called Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. It is set, I believe, in the 18th century. So that's like 1700s Georgian England, but all you have to know, it's the same sort of stuff as far as like people are still all into the aristocracy and noble nobility. Um, everyone has to play a role. It's very classist society. And um, the main character is an 18 year old dude named Monty. It's actually Henry Monty Montague. So they call uh, he likes to be called Monty because he doesn't like to use his first name because that's his dad's name. And his dad is an asshole. Um, and he is the heir to the Viscount uh, of Disley. So that's his dad. And um, the thing is, though, he's gay. Well, he's actually bisexual. And, you know, he can't help himself. He's a teenager. He's Randy. So um, th- there are whiffs of it coming out while he was at Eton. And um, he, he got thrown out because of that. So what he's now facing is he gets one last grand tour. And the grand tour is a very popular, you know, it's like the gap year kind of um, that uh, people in England would have and go all around the continent. And so he gets one last grand tour for the year and before he has to go home, buckle down, learn how to do estate management and be a snooty nobleman. Um Going with him on this tour is his best friend, Percy, and he has a crush on Percy, like, well, he's actually in love with him. But, you know, does Percy know? Is Percy even gay? Who knows? Um, And uh, Percy is also half black, which is something that I enjoy is for 
these historical novels to kind of like unwhitewash history because that happened. Like he, you know, uh, he, I think his mom was from um, the islands. And so of course, you know, there's um, colonization and <laughs> imperialism. So um, he is a bastard, I believe. And not that that really matters, but it matters in that time. And uh, so he is going on this tour and there's a surprise or two regarding him too. Um, and then Monty's sister is long Felicity and she's supposed to go to finishing school on halfway through the tour, but she doesn't want to go to finishing school cause that's boring, like needlework stuff. So she wants to be a doctor and that's just like, no. So um, many things happen. There are pirates, there are, there's thievery. There's a lot of adventure that goes on at some point. Felicity has to stitch her own arm um and Monty and Percy are, are like squeamish about blood so it's just really fun um uh, Monty's also a very much of a a ladies man and a well man's man so he's a he's a playboy um so it's fun to kind of see him like try to charm his way around while at the same time you know clearly he had dealt with some trauma when it comes to his dad because his dad's not happy with uh having someone you know a son who is you know into men and so because that's not good for heirs um but anyway so it's a trilogy like i said it's all about the siblings so the second book is going to be about felicity which is fun yeah and then the third book so right before they go on this grand tour um henry's dad they have a, a new baby and it's a boy so he is very much been told if you don't come back from this tour like a better person you're gonna lose your inheritance and we're gonna give it to the baby basically and he's so the third book is many years later and it's about that kid and uh it's interesting because at that point when he is uh going to become the you know the actual heir he didn't realize that he uh had siblings so we we know that these two have disappeared at some point which is interesting okay we need to stop giving marvel credit for this mcu shit because these (laughs) romance novels have been doing it for like years now okay like yeah i'm trying i'm trying to for for bridgerton well this is ya so but it still definitely has romance um and um but for even bridgerton coming up i'm dying i'm i've been trying to uh get an interview with um the author because i want to talk about the bcu with her (laughs) um but yeah i i think they they've uh, it's just maybe because it's like all about families or things like that but i just love knowing like other characters and wondering like where it's gonna go i love Um, see revisiting characters like years down the line or when they're like the parents or like the grandparents it's always fun and then when they're like really good about it, they've overlapped it just enough that you're like, hey, that character, is he going to end up with what? Wait, what's going on? Um, it, it's and- like the it's the like novel version of a of like a stinger, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the end credit scene or whatever. <laughs> or sometimes you there's actually like a meet cute in one book mm-hmm. and then it takes off in a different book and they'll like recount it or something. But. Yeah. Yeah. But or this like, is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun and it's actually funny too. So uh and but it's serious. Like the first book I believe won a Stonewall Honor Award for the depiction. Um Ooh, that's of, lovely. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm I was kind of excited to finally dig into it. Um it's been on my list for a while. 
Okay, but here's the real question. How horny is it? Well, it's YA, so I think the horny level goes up to like a hot kiss, maybe? Right, right, right. I mean, like, they definitely refer to how he's had experience, and he they use the word buggering at one point, but they don't actually do anything. So um, we, I'm now 80% through, and I don't think it's going to, you know, uh, climax in, in, <laughs> in anything. Pun intended. Yeah, but there's Sorry, lots guys. Of, it's been like yeah. a rough few weeks. I, I feel like I should go to, like, horny jail or something, but, you know, it's just one of those. Things. I mean, like I'm not Christmas say- lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not reading also romance novels along with this. <laughs> like I've been reading about two or three books at a time, including listening to audiobooks and stuff like that. So it's like I whatever my mood is, I switch back and forth. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a as a I guess at this point, a connoisseur of YA novels from my Asian American book club, I feel like YA novels tend to deal with like the kisses are always their first kiss and always comes like. After well, this guy, a long while of will they, won't they? Well, this guy is very experienced um, with both men and women. But what we actually see is a lot because he's not certain if his you know best friend is into him. There's a lot of oh. hesitancy. There's a lot of like, hey, we're always like communication, hugging each other, and we're always touching each other, but doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so there's kind of sweetness there too. Um, but anyway, oh. that's my horny historical you know YA <laughs> you know, thing. So uh, Marvin, what's popping with you? So I finally found out how to watch HBO Max on my computer um, since I can't watch it on my Roku by watching it through my HBO subscription on Amazon. Uh, so now I can finally watch HBO Max stuff. But um, what's popping is actually I started watching Industry, which is the new financial um, drama on HBO, which is um, available on normal HBO as well. Industry is a British financial drama um about a freshly minted class of aspiring financial professionals um, working at a major bank in London and taking place in a post-Brexit and 2016 election world. And what sets this series apart from a lot of other financial dramas is that it actually has a very diverse cast. And it's like diverse in all ways in terms of ethnicity, gender, and also sexual orientation. And as someone who has an MBA and um, and familiar with the uh, world of business, it was really interesting to see a show set in like a modern setting. A lot of times these financial dramas take place in like the 90s or the 2000s or even the 80s when things were a lot more wild. But I was glad to see a cast of characters that look um, relatively close to um, a lot of my business school classmates. The main character played by Mela Herod is named Harper Stern, and she's different from the rest of her cohort because she's one of the few Americans as well as one of the few that came from a state school from the U.S. Um, a lot of her coworkers come from more prestigious schools such as um, Oxford, Cambridge, um, attended Eton Academy, um, you know, all those highfalutin British institutions. But she also has some secrets and a lot of the drama um, in this first episode is her um, attempts to, I guess, hustle her way out of her predicaments while trying to uh, show off her ambition and make a name for herself in this new bank. Okay, so is this like an actually fun show? Because it's been on my list and I just totally missed it when it got when it premiered. So I was like, but it's business. So yeah, I uh, mean, it's it's definitely more. Um, the first episode is actually pretty slow. Um, it's directed by Lena Dunham, so maybe it's just that style. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it is a show about uh, millennials in the banking industry, so it does have its fair share of um, drugs and sex. But overall, the show is actually it's more slow paced. It's not a fun romp like uh, Billions or uh, House of Lies. But the characters are all really strong. And uh, one standout character that uh, we probably care about is Ken Young, who plays Eric, the boss of Harper. And his character is interesting because um, it's kind of counter to what we expect a Wall Street bro to be like. Um, he still has that like simmering alpha male energy, but he's very um, low key. Um, he kind of gives like hidden smirks here and there. And he has a very calm um, demeanor that's obviously hiding some, you know, internal issues. Um, but it was really cool to see Ken Leung uh, back on screen. I don't think I've seen him on TV for a while. And he's always one of those guys that, you know, always nails it when he gets a chance. And oh, yeah. And one of the other main storylines in this first episode is the story of um, Hari, who is one of the only other Asian members of this um, cohort. And he plays someone who is recruited into the investment banking division. And the episode ends with him collapsing and passing away from overwork uh, because of the toxic uh, culture of investment banking, which is sad because, of course, um, the person who pushes himself to work hard and, you know, prove himself and and is afraid of failure um, happens to be um, one of the only children of immigrants that's recruited into this company. And also is the one that ends up dying. Um, and it seems like a major storyline for the rest of the season is how the bank deals with this um, obvious PR and HR issue. Oh. Mm. This sounds depressing. <laughs> I was about to say, this is on brand I like, for you. <laughs> I went into the arts and decided to be poor because <laughs> I did not want to spend time in this world, Marvin. But I, I have heard really good things about Ken Young's performance, and I yeah. do want to check that out. It's pretty good. I mean, it's funny because we we saw this exact show um, from a different um, perspective um, during this past like Asian American festival season, and I kind of like this version better. Um, I do lament that the only other Asian character uh, on the show, uh, besides Ken Young and the person who plays Hari is this Asian lady whose purpose is to talk shit about how Harper is lucky because she's black and went to a state school. So obviously she's a diversity hire um, oh, and doesn't but deserve you know, to be there. They exist and we can't act like yeah. they don't. Yeah. Well, it's too, it, it, it hits too close to home. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, sorry, but speaking of like you being able to watch things because of your Amazon Prime access, figuring that loophole, can I tell you guys a story about the saga of my family's smart TV? Oh, yes. yes please. Okay, so for the last, I moved back home about four and a half years ago. They've had this large smart TV in our living room before that. So like when I would come down from college, but I never watched. I haven't, I myself have not owned a TV in more than 10 years. So... It's a smart TV, but apparently my mom was like, oh, it's a shame. We, like for years, all I've heard is it's a shame we can't connect it. Like something's wrong. I think something's wrong with the Wi-Fi. My father's like, yeah, it's broken. It's broken. So it was just a regular TV. We hook, we still have cable. We hooked it up to like a hooked up to a DVD player, like all this stuff. I have purchased HDMI cables for this TV to watch things on this TV, all that. Two days ago, two days ago. I learned that it is not broken. 
My father thought that when you bought a smart TV, you got Netflix and Hulu and all those apps for free. And when he couldn't sign in, he decided in his mind that it just was a broken smart TV. And like, that is the message he sent out to me and the world. And I was like, you saw me struggling. There was this one time I was trying to get like cast something to this TV and it took like 45 minutes. And I was like, all this time, all this time. This just shows you don't trust your parents when it comes to any electronics. Don't Always do. verify. But they were the ones who were like teaching me because it's like it had like a sound bar. Like, again, I have never like I've <laughs> lived with roommates and they like brought in and set up everything. And I would just watch TV with them. So I have not like turned like so- I've not owned any equipment <laughs> like for years so when they when i came home and they're like yeah we have this fancy sound bar this fancy smart tv but oh there's something wrong with the wi-fi it's like the wi-fi does too weak to like get into the tv TV. yeah so here's here's what i've discovered when dealing with my parents is my dad is a total like he loves buying technology like back when there was a good guys he used to go to good guys to buy all the as is like showcase um, merchandise that's on sale um, because you know so what's so what if it's used it still works right that's how Asian dads think and so my dad's really good at just setting up entertainment systems like setting up technology he's great with computers like he he was on spreadsheets before Excel like he used to do Lotus one two three and that's how he got like promoted and his like first job because he knew how to do spreadsheets. You know, old people always get a bad rep of not knowing technology, but I think our parents' generation actually knows how to use computers and knows how to use iPads and and stuff. Lie. Apparently not yeah. well, though. Nope. All of our parents are different. But four point five years of like watching, like watching shit on my laptop, no. and then they Here. would watch. My mom would watch stuff on her iPad, and like like while sitting in the living room in front of the large no. TV, she'd be watching stuff on her. But but here's what I've discovered is people from my parents' generation suck at the internet, especially setting up Wi-Fi. Yes, my they dad, do not understand the yeah. concept of non-physical technology. Yeah, like yeah. non-digital hardware things. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. streaming yeah. is still magic. I think my mom doesn't understand it. So we just have to pre- uh, teach her the sequence of button pressing that she needs to yeah. do. And it's wild because at one point, my parents, like, we had, like, a pretty sweet setup. Like, we had laser discs at home, guys. Oh, we had we, a karaoke we had machine. A, we, we had the same, probably the same one. Yeah. Like, you, like we could karaoke at home. You, you Did rent you used to go to the store the at the Focus by Plaza? By Hong Kong Market? No, by Hong Kong Market. There's a VHS store. Was there a laser disc? There's a laser disc store. No, there's a VHS rental store in Hong Kong market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside near the post office around the corner, there was a VC, uh, a laser disc rental store. Oh, we used to go to the one at Focus Plaza. Yeah, you guys do live closer to that one. (laughs) But we're, yeah. Yeah. Multiple options back in the day. So, yes, I was so mad. I, like, signed into every single app I had. It's an old-ass TV at this point, so I'm still, like, missing half. Like, there's no Disney+, Plus. there's no uh, HBO Max, there's barely, like, Hulu. Uh, there's Hulu. And then I just sat there, and I got, like, I was, like, so mad. And I was, like, showing them Netflix, because they just never, my parents, like, never really bought into Netflix, Um I think it's like a language thing. They still like to watch Chinese stuff or things with Chinese subtitles. But I showed them that food show, Flavorful Origins, which is about Chinese food. It's like a documentary about Chinese food and like different Chinese food. Well, it's and, in oh Chinese God, too. It's in Chinese. Yeah. And they were so entranced. I showed them the crab episode and they were like, 
they were so yeah. lit like they were i've never seen them so hyped for anything and there's some chinese content there right there's tons now there's tons of there, chinese yeah. dramas yeah it's not quite as robust as some other things or it's like yeah yeah it's still mostly like if there's chinese stuff though it's like there's a it's a chinese project and then the English subtitles but the thing mm. about Chinese people is that they like to watch things with subtitles still mm-hmm. even if it's yeah. in Chinese because yeah. the, the accents and everything mm-hmm. so there's not quite that level yet but there are some stuff in Chinese which is cool that I did at one point make her watch the Ali Wong special <laughs> in Chinese I mean with Chinese subtitles mm-hmm. and oh, wow. she was like both disgusted and like enthralled and like yes. she's like this this woman sounds like you <laughs> thank you thank you i've heard that before thank you ali wong helps her understand you yeah exactly <laughs> well but yes i'm glad you were able to help your parents um cross that can you get the things that that were harder like can you get hbo max on there or peacock no, I don't think so because okay. again, this TV—it's yeah. a Samsung TV. Four and a half years ago, like all those apps seven were built years in. old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was about to say, but you can't add things, so I could add Bravo TV. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. There's an app for that. Um, I'm, I'm just like, I just, you know, the Netflix, Hulu, Amazon is good enough. Uh, you can also cast I mean, YouTube. It's good enough. I'm just, it's I'm, good I enough. Got like, yeah, I got like one and a half years left here, doing mm-hmm. my time. It's okay. I just was so mad. You should have seen me. I was just like sitting there, like like just mad, <laughs> just mad. Like I cannot believe. Like I cannot believe. Like he's like, I didn't know we had Netflix. I didn't know you had Netflix. I was like, what did you think I was watching? Like Netflix is over ten years old. Like Netflix has been a thing. <sighs> oh, well, that's what's popping uh, for this week. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about holiday movies. Uh, stick around. Hey, I'm Bill Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we've got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. It's the holidays. It's the jolly holly season. It's the holiday or... season. <laughs> da, da, da. I don't know the rest of the words because I haven't listened to Coast and Spotify. He's coming down the chimney tonight. <laughs> That's the song, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, you nailed it. Sounds familiar. You Very nailed familiar. it. 100%. <laughs> they all kind of like start brain mushing like around mm. like mid-December and like now not flowing linearly. So like we're already in mid-December. Yeah. I mean, it's the holiday season. We're all getting into the holiday spirit. My neighbors are putting up their Christmas lights. Uh, my house, we put up one strand and call it a day. <laughs> um, we're pretty close to getting Christmas lights for Animal Crossing, too. I'm looking forward to that in a little bit. Oh, wow. You're decorating on Animal Crossing. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, but 
but with the holiday season also comes holiday themed movies. And uh, that's our topic for this week. Um, I guess my first question to you both is what's your favorite type of holiday movie? We have our like <laughs> Santa movies, we have our like estranged family movies. I, I don't our... like Santa movies because I actually find Santa as a concept to be either really creepy or very traumatizing, like psychologically. I think I watched like Miracle on 34th Street and it hit me weird as a child. Like, <laughs> wait, like how? It's either like people suck because they don't believe in the goodness of like a real Santa Claus or like the Santa's actually not real and it's some creepy old guy who's like, saying he's santa claus and i don't know it just like hit me in a weird way <laughs> and and like my parents so i'm a second child i'm the second child i'm four years younger my parents moved to the suburbs after they had me and i think they just kind of got tired and gave up i didn't we didn't do the santa claus thing with me like i have no pictures of me sitting on santa's lap which like as a 20 something year old I kind of appreciate you don't like, have the crying picture on Santa's lap weird. I mean it's just kind of weird right like I get the tradition and like but if, if I've just told you out of context like I'm gonna give my child and put him in an old white man's lap um and I just so I, like I don't really have warm feelings about Santa Claus I mean but, we're all children of immigrants I don't think I don't I can't speak for Han but myself I don't ever remember believing in Santa Claus because my gifts were always from my parents and like we didn't grow up like our parents didn't grow up with Christmas as it is in the States, you know? So my parents and by my parents, I mean, my mom um, tried to tell us about Santa Claus. So like she tried to be sneaky in many ways, like say, Hey, Santa's number is your own fo- home phone number. Nah. And, and back then <laughs> when you did that, you called that number, it was busy. And so she was like, I guess he's busy. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, there was a central post office in um, Bel Air and Houston, which is not kind of like the Bel Air in L.A. Um, And they would like dress it up to look like Santa's thing, whatever. And you'd put letters in there. But thing is, I don't think any of us ever believed it, because at some point we were just like all of Santa's gifts have my mom's handwriting on it. And so apparently when she finally broke down to tell us. Like, I think we we're four or five. And then um, we we're just like, yeah, we know that he's not real. And so she's like, OK, so and it, so and I think that's kind of young to tell people, you know, that you're so I don't know. I think I've just been cynical since birth. Yeah, um, I, I think. Yeah, that's that's I mean, yeah, I've never had a from Santa gift ever. And I remember in elementary school, we would have like holiday like like merchandise fairs, right? Did you guys have these where like you go and buy gifts for people? And it's like, okay, so you're already telling us that these gifts are from people. Well, I mean, th- <clears throat> you were also able to get gifts from people. So, but interesting, my older brother, I think he loved the concept of of Christmas. So he's been teaching his, my nephew, but my nephew now is like old, like maybe is he nine and don't you tell them at like a certain age? I don't know if there's like a recommended age, but I'm just like, he's getting old. But I remember I've had to help fool him 
So like I had to write a letter from Santa at one point just so my handwriting would be different from my brother's. That's pretty cute, yeah. to be honest. And, 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 and there's all this like elaborate stuff. And there's always one gift for Santa. And Santa always has this special blue metallic paper. So it's always the best gift. And then all the other gifts, it can be from us. Oh, so. I appreciate this level of detail that yeah, your, your brother so, does. I mean, my, yeah, my brother does like elaborate, like themed <laughs> birthday parties for this kid too. It's his only child. So I'm like, you know what? You're giving him the childhood that you didn't have. So I I'm it. at a point right now in like my old manness where I can't even tell what mental state a nine year old should be in because to me, they should all just act like adults, right? Because, you know. <laughs> I, I think it just I'm actually surprised your nephew or niece has not been like ragged on by his friends. I feel like that's usually what happens. Like there's one late straggler. And then when it accidentally comes out that they still believe in Santa, like they get shit on because <laughs> that I think there was a point where I I was probably fairly young too. I think like under five. And I think I vaguely thought Santa could have been a real concept. Uh, and then I think my sister was just like, Santa's not real. Like, I'm like, what? And then I was like, okay. I mean, yeah, that makes sense now that I think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. the facts, yes. And then, like, because I think one time there was, like, a cookie that was eaten. Like, we left Santa stuff with cookies. <laughs> and someone ate. I was like, that was just uncle. Like, yeah. It, you know, he just ate them, right? And I was like, you the, know, now that you say that, it makes yeah. a lot more sense that way. The other way. Yeah. The myth of Santa Claus never made sense to me because it's creepy. Like, some guy coming to your house, It right? is creepy, right? He's watching yeah. you and... Yeah. And I yeah. feel like my parents were always like, no, bitch, I bought these presents yeah. for you for my hard work. I mean, my mom tried. She told us about this tooth fairy and that was just as non-believable, um, I think. But we were the thing is, we were very mercenary. So it's like as long as we get gifts, that's fine. We'll believe it, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah and yeah. go along with it. if It makes my yeah. mom happy. So my no, tooth so fairy that- money was always came in red, red envelopes. So apparently <laughs> well, tooth fairy is Chinese, Chinese right? right? And so is the tooth fairy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. so not like not a big fan of like the Santa like category. You see like more Santa like Claus a rom com, Christmas rom com type of person. I love Christmas rom coms because nothing makes love more magical than like the spirit of Christmas. It's lovely, and I actually like movies around mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas has an effect on the mood and the environment, but like with a little like you could kind of it could still kind of happen without. The Christmas part. Right. Um, so do you yeah. have an answer for the age old question? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I do think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I do think it's more in the category of it's around Christmas <laughs> as opposed to, um, you know, being like bathed in the blood of Christmas, <laughs> right. which some of those are a little too saccharine for me. Um, but, you know, it takes place in Christmas in LA, which is also something I love because I think a lot of the classic Christmas movies happen where there's like snow and like people are bundled in fireplaces and like that's just not what Christmas is in LA, you know? <laughs> so it was very cool to see a, a like an LA Christmas. And then someone pointed out actually from a Reddit thread, like the plot could only happen at Christmas because of the various like security and logistical details that the terrorists needed to break into <laughs> Nakamura. And at the end of the day, it is about family. Yeah. I mean, uniting family. It's, I'm sure some people say it isn't, but I think uh, just, just and I agree that how we define a Christmas movie is that it does have 
a significant, you know, reason that it takes place around Christmas. So like when Harry met Sally, I do feel is kind of like a Christmas movie, even though it takes place over like decades um, because it also ends on New Year's Eve um, or at least one of the big plot points is around New Year's Eve. And so and it's it's it also gives you one of um one of those traditions, like if you watch it around that same time, it's a Christmas movie. Um, but having said that, I do have one kind of a Santa movie I watch, which is Nightmare Before Christmas, oh. which is it a Chris, like a Santa movie. And and same with like, I think the third category you had is a strange families. I don't usually like that because there's lots of arguing, but I kind of like necessarily the- is strange family, but like it has yeah. like, a, I do think the one thing that Christmas movies have to have is it has to be something about family or like, ah. like whether it's the family you choose and like a family you create with your like significant other romantic partner or like your larger family. I think, I think that is a pretty important part of a Christmas movie. Yeah. And so, well, the one that is kind of like that, because I don't actually like a lot of arguing family Christmas movies, which is, what a lot of people seem to like, but I don't mind the Family Stone. It has a really great cast, so I think that's it. But yeah, Die Hard, yes, is a Christmas movie, <laughs> just like Gremlins is. What about those tear jerking movies about like the family man, or, like a take on Scrooge, where it's like a man, a person who like has given up the idea of family, and then is is given the vision of what family could be. I mean, that is the Christmas. It is a Christmas Carol, and all the <laughs> other ones that are inspired by it, like. A diva's Christmas Carol, which is the best version of a Christmas <laughs> yes. Carol. Yeah, and you know what? That's totally legitimate sort of Christmas movie. Um, that kind of is very similar to the "We Need to Save a Farm" sort of thing because it's it's about um, like "It's a Wonderful Life" is a Christmas movie. It's about someone finding some sort of faith. It could be about family. It could be about whatever and saving something, um, which is usually <laughs> saving humanity in some way. <laughs> your, your Christmas tree farm. Okay, then if if we're going on the principle that a Christmas movie, one one class of Christmas movie is Christmas movies or things we watch during Christmas, <laughs> then my traditional Christmas movie is Dragon Ball Z in Spanish. Because as a child, uh, my parents would always work on Christmas. Yay, working class service jobs. And I the only thing that's playing on cable if I didn't want to watch a Christmas story, which I do not like, I don't like Christmas story, is it's a racist. Um, if your heartwarming, <laughs> if your heartwarming moment at the end of the movie revolves around a racist joke, fuck your Christmas movie. Yep. Um, so I would like for some reason there's always a Dragon Ball Z marathon on like the Telemundo Spanish speaking channels, and like it's it's quite fun. Like I would just watch the marathon, so <laughs> but probably not actually a Christmas movie. But Marvin, do you, are there movies that you prefer? To you know, visit? I remember as a kid, I used to really like the Santa Claus for some reason. That was one movie that I watched a lot. Um, you know, typical four quadrant uh, mm-hmm. family movie. Yes. Uh, like as a child of the '90s, Home Alone was probably one of my favorite movies. Um, one and two, I never saw three. Never got the three. It's a different guy. Don't. Yeah. The Macaulay Culkin. But really? Yeah. He went to Berkeley. Nice. (laughs) Nice guy. So. Um, Nightmare for Christmas, definitely on that list. Um, I remember not appreciating it as much as a kid, but definitely as an adult, I appreciate it a lot more because that was a movie that like if you watch as a child, scared the shit out of you. I don't know about you guys, but like when I was a kid, I was like, what, what, what? 
what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I also just appreciated the the songs are you know Danny Elfman, yeah. um, and it, it's one of the few I. I always liked kind of dark things when I was a kid. So that appealed to me a lot um, to mix the two holidays. So it's basically the perfect Halloween and Christmas movie. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Christmas movies is like, I'm like, you know, people who know me know that I'm a big softie at heart. So any movie that ends with like, discovering family or heartwarming reunions like that'll get me you know that that'll bring a tear to my eye um so christmas movies definitely have my number um even though i don't necessarily seek them out um i do have a big blind spot on christmas rom-coms because i to this day i don't think i've ever watched a hallmark christmas movie (laughs) although this year there are a couple options right oh yeah they've i feel like in the last few years with the streamers really embracing it it's become more commonplace in people like our generation i I don't know anyone like under the age of like 25 who would watch like a lifetime christmas movie a few years ago right it's like your mom's channel (laughs) but you know like they've gotten like very like cool young hit people starring these very ridiculous cheesy christmas movies and you could just put them on and they're pretty fun yeah, this is actually kind of brings me to a question I've been thinking about is with the exception of like maybe love actually, what is the next most recent Christmas movie that you feel has become a classic like that a lot of people have watched? Not just, you know, like the generic Lifetime and Hallmark ones aren't no, really that. No. But it yeah, so I was feeling like things on Netflix, you know. Honestly, I, probably still love actually at this point well no, no I the think question the is since then i think did elf come out after love actually because i think mm. elf is the most recent entry into like the classic christmas canon it's a good movie Elf's pretty it, good. yeah no and I it like has that. to be four quadrant like a classic christmas movie has to be four quadrant because you have to be able to watch it with your family over christmas but even elf at this point is like what, like almost 20 years old, I want to say? Like, at yeah. least 15. Like, Will Ferrell's heyday was, like, mid-2000s, right? Yeah, but, like, um, I don't think my, like, dad would watch Princess Switch, you know, or The Holiday. There's a new one coming out, Princess Switch 2, switched again. Yes, it's already out, Marvin. It's the same. <laughs> so, Love Actually and Elf were the same year. Really? So, I'm trying to think of anything, like, in the last decade, and... Even though not a lot of people watched it, I I did really like Klaus on um, Netflix, the animated film from last year. So if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know what what is the new classic Christmas movie like. Are we incapable of making that, or <laughs> uh, are we I all? I think dated? it's just know. more about how things are distributed now. I yeah. think you know Elf and Love actually were <clears throat> were released in theaters. And if they and you have nothing to watch with your family and you go watch the Christmas movie and then it's good and it becomes a classic. But now it's just like, hey, I'm going to watch a I'm going to watch a streaming movie. Um, you know, I'm going to watch like Vanessa Hudgens and or uh, what did I watch recently? The uh, the the one with the military it was just like a propaganda movie for the military. Operation Christmas Drop. Operation Christmas <laughs> Drop. Yes. I watched that one. I was like. It's, it's cute. Okay. But I'm like, oh, if I paid money for this, I'd be mad. 
I know I mean, Last Christmas is on um, streaming now, so I might catch that. I heard it was yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the weirdness, and then there's I know there's a twist, and I don't want anyone to like mess it up for me. Um, <laughs> but I heard that if you don't think of it as a rom com, you'll actually enjoy it. So I'm like, looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I love all the caveats people had. It's so. a coffee. It's like like okay, you'll like it, but you have to meet these conditions going into it. Like, don't have the expectations that the advertising gave you, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, I feel like, I don't know if that would become a classic. That might be a dark one. Um, Are uh, you guys Grinch fans? The animated one? Or? I like I like the animated Grinch. I didn't bother watching the live action, quote unquote. I'm pretty indifferent to Grinch. Is it scary? I grow- well, I just didn't grow up watching it, I guess. No, I meant like the the new one I didn't. I, oh, I the scary, Jim Carrey so one. I yeah, I wasn't gonna watch that. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty indifferent about the Grinch. I didn't really grow up with a lot of Doctor Seuss, to be honest. Um, the most exposure I got to Doctor Seuss was the fact that my library in college was named after him, um, Theodore Geisel. Oh, the ugly one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact, I just the, feel the awesome like looking spaceship one. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> I do feel like though the Grinch cartoon because it was like, um, God, I forgot is is a Chuck. Um, I love the animation style and then like the guy I think his name is Thurl Ravenscroft did the theme song which is great um, so Do- it yeah Dr. Seuss speaking of people who made racist content I was about oh, to yeah. say very racist <laughs> yes. dude against the Asians yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you so we've been talking about movies but I think the Christmas episodes of some shows are really great <laughs> Uh, my favorite, of course, being the Hey Arnold Christmas episode that revolves around Mr. Wynn finding his daughter and Arnold finding his daughter for him for Secret Santa. Legitimately, the first time I learned about Vietnamese people and the Vietnam War. I guess I need to watch this. <laughs> oh, uh, have you not seen the Christmas is, special? Yeah, because it's way after my time. So let yeah. me see where I can like stream this. Right. I also yeah, was. I was not I a Nickelodeon kid. Oh, I was a Nickelodeon kid. Hey Arnold was my favorite show growing up to the point where I would like found this. This is like early days of internet, like casual internet. So I found this like GeoCities page where someone just wrote a bunch of trivia about hey arnold and i copied it down in like this little scientific lab notebook and i would like quiz myself i was a very lonely child i had no friends okay um because i wasn't allowed to go out and but i digress very very beautiful episode very very positive representation mr win is an icon between that and the country music episode fantastic um and then i mean christmas like I feel like all the classic shows like had a Christmas episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the classic TV shows, or then that became such a cliche that like other shows had to find other holidays to <laughs> like riff on. Um, but but the Hey Arnold special is is deep in my heart. Hmm. A lot, but I'm just trying to. This is one that I think I needed to sit down and think about for a while. Um, but I do be- I do kind of agree that I think a lot of my Christmas this is probably why I don't have a a very favorite Christmas movie because I think a lot of my childhood was formed just by sitting in front of the TV so whatever was on (laughs) um, like Sound of Music became like kind of a Christmas movie Um, yes and and then all the Christmas episodes that whatever sitcom I had happened to be watching 
Um, and then that, that's also why Rudolph the Baskin, Baskin, Raskin, um, the stop motion animation version um, is definitely up high up there with, you know, because they have like a, an elf who wants to be a dentist, um, the abominable snowman and misfit Island of Misfits toys. So let me see. I don't I know. Do you have say, one? I have a white whale, an internet white whale. My internet white whale involves, it's a Christmas movie or a project. I really don't know. But if anyone, this is a call to our 20 listeners. If you know, please let me know. But it is a claymation stop motion thing where a snowman is mad that Santa didn't give him a gift. So he rages war with the (laughs) North Pole and then it ends up he actually did get a present and then he feels bad and things like get smoothed out. But I swear to God, I watched this. It was like not a fever dream, I think. Um, so if anyone knows what that is, let me know. Are you sure it wasn't a Mad TV sketch? Because I know Mad TV did a bunch of these like parody claymation. It, um, it might have been. That's the thing. Like, I just don't remember the context of it at all. I just remember watching it and very distinctively just thinking this is a wild Christmas movie <laughs> because a, the snowman is raging in Santa. Yeah, because I remember like, there legitimate was legitimate war. There was a um, one of the uh, I remember there was a Matt TV sketch um, for their Christmas episode where it was the um, claymation stop motion Rudolph and that elf. Um, deciding to get revenge on all the elves and reindeer that are bullying them by like murdering them Pulp Fiction style. I mean, possibly. Maybe I should look through like the Man <laughs> TV catalog. Is, is it Santa versus the Snowman? I'm gonna Google this. Hold on. <laughs> it's uh, 3D computer animated. Um. Oh my God! Is it? Wait. wait. Oh my God! Is the answer this it? was in front of you all along, Jess. It was literally the most <laughs> literal answer. <gasps> oh my God! Wait, but where can you watch it? it? Like <laughs> oh in God. the final battle, Santa manning a gi- gigantic nutcracker deploys a heat ray to melt his foe's equally imposing weapon—a snow beast. Did that happen? I think this is it. Hard, <gasps> you just found my internet white whale. Oh my god! But where can we watch it? That's I don't know. I need to find this. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. There was like a present drop. Uh, who played this show? It must have been playing on TV because yeah. all I did was watch TV. What the fuck? It <laughs> says it was an IMAX movie. So, no, someone definitely played it on TV. I would, yeah, my yeah. parents would not spend money on this. <laughs> yeah, well, it was 2002 IMAX movie. So, when did it get to TV? That's what I'm wondering. Um, wow. Let's see if we can stream this. Wow. Okay. I'm happy I'm for you, Jess. Wow. Not many people can find their internet white whales. No, it was like a legit fever dream. I was like, did I just think this up? Am I the most incredible, like, original artist ever? No, apparently, this. The Sir Stephen Steve Odenkirk. Yeah, is. not even Odin, not Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> it's his lesser known brother, Steve. Wow. Wow. I feel like my life's complete. I'm I'm ready to go now. Yeah. All right. Bye. That's the end. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I think that's a good place to over. stop. <laughs> okay. Cue the Christmas music. That's the thing about like setting a, a movie at Christmas is imagine all the money you save on music licensing. By being able to play carols instead of like 
other yeah, music. <laughs> either that you or you write your own music. Um, but I mean, do we want to talk about any of the movies we actually saw this year? <laughs> I haven't seen any, but if you like, <laughs> if you have any recommendations for this season of Christmas movies, I'm all ears because I I do need stuff to watch in the next couple of weeks. Well, we got to give a shout out to A Sugar and Spice Holiday coming out mm-hmm. on Lifetime on Sunday, December thirteenth at eight p.m. seven central. It is the first Lifetime movie centered around a Chinese American family, and the cast, creative team, are all Asian, and mostly Asian women, which is awesome. Yeah, this and might be my first ever Hallmark movie. Then, oh, it's Lifetime. 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 Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. What's yep. the difference between Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies? Is there a difference? Okay, so back in the day, there really wasn't because a lot of times it was actually the same writers and same production company. <laughs> However, the biggest difference in the past was that Lifetime had uh, was slightly racier. They didn't necessarily have to wait till the end to kiss, and then also they usually had. Um, uh, people of color in it so, versus like in the main, you know, in the main roles, often like they were, you know, interracial dating also. Um, now this year finally got into that. Like they, they added black people last year. So Ooh, this year, yes. 2019. <laughs> yeah. Like they always had black people kind of as the best friend, but like, like last year, maybe the year before they tried to finally make them like, be the leads and fall in love. Um, whereas Lifetime has been doing that for a while. So it's like, I give credit for as trashy as Lifetime can be when it comes to their like women in peril type stuff. <laughs> um, their Christmas movies have always been, you know, just edged out slightly more delightful, slightly less wholesome. Um, and Does so less that's wholesome why equal yeah. more horny? No, 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 no. I mean, literally, you get a bit more of a kiss, you know, like. A yeah, bit you more can't be horny at Christmas. That violates. Yeah, that because violates. there's still too much family, you know, yeah. so you really don't want it to be too horny, I guess, unless it's a totally. Someone should world. make a super. Has there been like a super horny, like a like a like a erotic thriller Christmas movie? yet? Well, it wasn't erotic, but, you know, Love actually actually had nudity. Because there's yeah. the porn storyline. So I forgot that that was a thing because I used <laughs> to watch the runs family? on cable. And then I bought the DVD one year because I just watched it. Like I have this tradition where I literally watch one Love Actually once a day, every day in September, December. Like I'll put it on the background while I'm working, cleaning, mm-hmm. doing dishes. But I just it's just very comforting. My favorite scene is the one where Alan Rickman is trying to get the necklace wrapped at the gift store at the at oh the department God. store and Rowan Atkinson Mr. Bean is like being great yeah the cast <laughs> is crazy um and oh and God. it even has new uh Queen's Gambit star yeah. <laughs> which is weird because he was like 13 in it and now yeah. like people are horny for him but it's also been like 20 years yeah yeah so, yeah anyway we've so, said the word horny a lot I've said the word horny a lot this I mean it's pretty on podcast. brand for this podcast I feel like. I was about to say this is no. On the Christmas um, episode, guys? The Christmas episode? See, well, we're just also just challenging people. Where are the horny Christmas movies? Hello. I would love like an erotic thriller. Like, <laughs> like put Michael, bring Michael Douglas back, guys. Bring Michael Douglas back <laughs> at 97. Let's get him going with the, uh, take your pick. I mean, in my defense, if, if there was anyone who knew about horny Christmas movies, I imagine Han and Jess would be the two to ask. Yeah, yeah, okay, so how come. about... I propose we we write one called Fifty Shades of Gravy. 
<laughs> it would have to do oh, with God. a Christmas feast. Instead of candle wax dripping, it's a gravy boat. Mm. This this will bring in my love of food movies and like and Tampopo that had a lot of good sexy stuff in it. Um, if but you can make Christmas. this work. I did watch this TikTok where a guy kind of like fingers a chicken breast fillet cutlet and it was like pretty hot. And again, quarantines <laughs> were very long, guys. And my boyfriend and I are long distance. So it's oh happening. But that was that kind of like it felt like a horny Christmas movie because it was horny and it made it was I watched it around Christmas. So does that count? Yes. Just the I, I, I will say yes okay. by our loose definition. Yeah, by our definition of a women. Christmas movie, <laughs> um, anything that takes place during Christmas should be a gets Christmas you in the mood. Movie. Um, but anyway, so none of that is in a sugar and spice holiday, but no, unfortunately, <laughs> but the leads are very good looking. They're incredibly good. Looking. They have decent chemistry and there's a semi warm scene when they're kneading bread together. So, um, oh, Implied there are actually, sex, a la yeah, ghost. There, and this because this is a lifetime movie and because there's actually Asian an Asian writer, there are some jokes in there that I'm like, OK, that was kind of on point as far as acknowledging the the microaggressions perhaps that you might have when your coworker is surprised that you celebrate Christmas. Yes. Um, and then uh, grandma has a surprise uh, photo in her bedroom um, of Keanu Reeves. Uh, so there's just like some little cute points around there that I'm just like, okay, that, that, that feels right. Like no one white could have written that. The relationship with her mom is really great. Mm-hmm. I think that it's 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 surprisingly nuanced and very accurate for any movie, let alone the Lifetime movie. Um, you know, the mom is equal parts gruff and protective, but very loving and caring. Uh, that in that way that Asian moms are. Mm-hmm. So none of this like frou frou like oh honey or like oh, no 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 none of that. Yeah, she's very straightforward and like tells her like she needs she has wide bearing hips, you know. Yeah. So um and she's like, Why but, you out with that guy? He's gonna kill you or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I love the mom so much. And also uh surprise dad, who is it? Tai Ma, everyone's Asian dad who has a daughter. As lovely as always. I love that there are now two Asian dads though. It's Tai Ma and James Saito. Yes, James yes. Saito is the Asian and the other Christmas movie that is on Hallmark. Christmas Bow. <laughs> oh, and that one. I was kind being of, facetious. No, but. no, no. He is the dad <laughs> in is. another Christmas movie this year that oh. has a biracial violinist yes. slash actress. She's like a real like concert yes. professional violinist. And so it's called Christmas Bow Pun. She plays the violin in it. And uh, I mean, yeah, do, do that, we have, that was I'll, not as good. Do we have Always Be My Maybe to thank for the resurgence of James Saito? I feel like he's been getting a lot more work since then. I think it's just uh, overall they've been needing more Asian dads, mm-hmm. and and those are the go tos. No, I feel it's like true. Three. It's like I feel like you... it's Taima, James Saito, James Saito, and Francois Chow also plays dad or uncle a Francois, lot. Francois, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you cast an Asian romantic lead and you need to see their family, then you know your family's gonna be. Asian most likely right and that's yeah. kind of that's what happened with Andy Mack you know they were not looking for a Chinese American girl but you know Peyton Lee ended up booking it because she was so great and then they had to change the rest of the cast around her and that's why it's important so right. we know who the Asian dads are who are the Asian moms um, there's Jody Long mm-hmm. 
Um, Jody also does like fun auntie, and like in Dash and Lily, she's fun auntie. Uh, there is she's so good in that. Uh, there's Amy Hill. She's famously oh. Josh Chan's mom on uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is great in that. I mean, she's great in everything. Let's be real. Uh, Tamlin Tomita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like basically all of the all of the Joy Luck Club ladies are now moms, mom age. Yeah, Rosalind, even even yeah. though they might not always play the moms, that they're still playing kind of hot. You I know? feel like Tamlin Tomita plays cool aunt or cool like single auntie more than she plays moms. Right. Yeah. 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 But like I, Lauren is Andy Max mom. Yeah, I was about to say uh, Lauren Tom. Right. And Rosalind's been playing moms too. Uh, grandma. Um, oh yeah, weird grandma. Yeah, that was a that was a bombshell that first episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know I mean, about Andy Mac because you're not a preteen girl or have the taste <laughs> of one. The bombshell reveal in the first episode of Andy Mac is that Andy's old, cool older sister is actually her biological mother, and that her 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 mom is actually her grandma. Um, it's a good but <laughs> so it's kind of like. Yeah. reverse chinatown um anyway <laughs> it's it's great that now we have enough actors to actually fill out a multi-generational cast i feel like we've been reaping the benefits of like decades of hard work to get us to this point yeah, yeah. and it's it's really tough i mean if i think if you're a actor of a certain age like overall like it's just kind of you enter this weird like liminal like bermuda triangle of you're not old enough to play some things but you're too old to play other things so like there's just like a period of lull time sometimes um so that and then i feel like with asians it's also weird because we always look younger right so if you're gonna be <laughs> cast against someone you might have to cast like a 70 year old to play like a 55 year old because we don't age we it's really true. don't yeah. like you, john you, cho still looks like he's in his like late 30s early 40s and he's like 50 right he's like 50 <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Especially if you're like acting oh. against like white people. Like if you were gonna cast like opposite of Julia Roberts, like in a romantic lead, you're like, okay, the Asian guys I would think of are like maybe like ten years older than her. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to another Lifetime movie coming this weekend. So if you're gonna have a diversity weekend, this would be good because Christmas setup um, has the, I believe, the first. Um, lead gay romance mm-hmm. for a lifetime holiday movie and it's two guys who are actually married in real life two actors um, and the mom of one of them is Fran Drescher and so Sweet she mommy. is the one of course who is setting them up um, and the best friend of the of the gay guy is Ellen Wong played by Ellen Wong and She's it's like actually, really good in it it's actually pretty good um, for a lifetime movie yes there's some cheesy things but it was actually kind of Again, they can have some edgy jokes in there, so there are definitely some gay jokes and and a and a little bit of innuendo. Um, and it's I th- I ended up finding it pretty sweet. So, um, yeah, I was happy about that one. I think now that's also less like we're in we're entering like this next phase of like postmodernism where like you can do a Christmas movie, like you can do a cheesy Christmas movie for a streamer. Or for um, like a cable channel, but as long as you kind of own the fact that you're doing it and don't think it's like going to get you an Oscar, people are very f- like they enjoy it. I think it used to be shameful, and now like people are allowed to partake in this, like actors. And so you're getting better actors now doing these yeah. 
Movies. Yes. Lifetime has a very nice, I guess, stable of stars, I believe. Like mm-hmm. Tia, Tia Sirkar. Is that how yeah, you Yeah, she was in one a few years she's, ago. and Yeah. And she's now and she's been doing one a year since she started with Lifetime. And they almost always just cast her as her. And it's rarely ever, you know, like a thing. I would actually honestly like to see her with an Indian family. But um, it's never been an issue. But she always has the best clothes, I think, as far as. Yeah. And then I yeah. think her most recent one, she her romantic lead was a was black. So yes. I'm like always love an interracial love yeah. story that does yeah. not involve white people. Exactly. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm I have to say this is kind of like in keeping with Lifetime sort of um, M.O. and. You're right. They're embracing it because also it's something they can do and then watch with their family. Uh, yeah. And if so, there's yeah. no like pressure to make money anymore, right? If there's no pressure to do box office, it's like, why not get that check? Buy yourself that beach house. Let's that's fine. <laughs> I just I just also recently watched like the opposite of progressive and and like young. Um, I watched the one with Rob Lowe and. Oh, um, Kirsten Davis like they go to yes. Africa for some reason and like elephants is a plot point oh, and God. I'm just like what yeah. is um, it's so bad it's like enjoyable yeah. and I was just like you know you do you Rob Lowe and Kirsten Davis you were both like on Emmy award winning shows and you know like very very like well known names and but you know they, it's not going to hurt them to do like yeah. love in Africa. It's literally called like love in Africa or something. Love in the wild. Love in the wild. That's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I feel it's, like that's I, like. I have also watched that. And I, you know what? Didn't she celebrate Christmas during it? Um, yeah. So no, it happens a, during Christmas. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. just like a wild, like white people yeah. in Africa and yeah. elephants. Yeah. Kind of an aesthetic, you know. The Ella. I like the elephants and the I elephants did are very you know, cute. I it was weirdly enjoyable. I like the one where it's I think it's Samantha Mumba. Is it Samantha Mumba? Who is it? Cat Graham? No, 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 no. I didn't like not the, the opera. Not the, not no, the I like the, I like falling in love. Falling. Oh, that is Christina Milian. Oh, okay, Christina. he was very handsome. The New Zealand. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's the Kiwi. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, sure, go film in New Zealand. I'm I'm happy with that. So, um, that was nice and cheesy, but that's the kind that like I'm down with, especially if you're gonna have, um you know your uh your interracial relationship i'm all about that so that's fun um, uh, there is one on there's one legitimately good christmas special out new this year mariah carey's special christmas <laughs> or very special magical christmas special it's on apple tv it is so fun it is lovely it is the christmas she's the queen of christmas um i am a very very big mariah fan so disclaimer there uh, she has cameos from jennifer hudson ariana grande i think that music video is out which is also really like only mariah could make a whole freaking meme shading ariana grande like a few years ago and then be so gracious as to extend her an invitation to whistle sing with her on her christmas special and that is the grace and beauty of mariah carey do they do that moment at all? Do they say Ariana Grande and she's like, I don't, I don't know her? So. No, no, but it, it's 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 Mariah. She knows where she fits in the Christmas canon. She's leaning into it. She's giving us the joy we need. Really fun story, uh, like little 
loose line. She has to save Christmas. Uh, Tiffany Haddish plays the you know narrator, you know, sitting in the armchair reading the book in the beginning, the framing device. And Billy Eichner is like the main elf. And this just great, fun, happy, campy energy. I think campy is the right word. Her waist is like snatched like mm-hmm. from here to like 10 years from now. I don't know what shape here she's shape where she's wearing, but I would like a pair because she is looks so good. And she's wearing these v- gowns with very low necklines and very high leg slits. I'm like, you can't hide shapewear in mm-hmm. those cuts. And yet you look so amazing. I want what she has. And it's great. Mariah's back. Okay. I, I might check that one out, actually. I kind of miss the old-fashioned Christmas special when it's a lot of friends, like, who are famous, just singing and doing, you know, It is like, stuff. it kind of is like yeah. that. It's like a variety show. So that's like that old-school, like, kind of singing variety show. Um, She yeah. does have friends coming in uh, other fun cameos. I won't tell who, I won't say who, but everyone, and, like, honestly, everyone really looks like they're having a really good time. Like fun so, time. so this is cool. So between Hey Arnold and then Mariah Carey, I think I'm gonna have an interesting yeah. Christmas. Oh, uh, and if you want to yeah. like throw throw to some throw some love to Hanukkah, I would also recommend the Rugrats Hanukkah mm-hmm. episodes. Now I know Rugrats, that one. Yeah, they tell me. <laughs> but I, I think I might. Yeah, I think I might add that in though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's tons of great holiday content for us to feast upon coming this holiday season um i'm looking forward to seeing the the asian ones um yeah, yeah. it's it's cute it's very cute yeah and they're just very attractive people um let's have a catch-up um down the line and just um chat about asian holidays because i feel like that's a topic we've never had to like we've never had a chance to talk about yeah and i think the next logical capitalist progression is they're gonna start cranking out lunar new year movies like specifically mm. oh, yeah. Lunar new year oh, yeah. not just asian heavy casts unrelated we'll release them in february but like hey we're gonna build a whole like this is gonna be a new category because we we start off with christmas movies now we have like halloween movies right and we have um like valentine's day movies so why not a lunar new year movie mm-hmm. i can't wait for the lunar new year movie Written by white people. It'll be a great comedy. <laughs> it's like Memoirs of a Gay Show all over again. Great yeah. comedy. Oh, it's going to happen. You know it. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be at least not, one not or two. Not if, when. <laughs> uh, we here at the Good Pop Culture Club hope you all have a eventful and happy and safe, very important holiday season. Um, yeah, and I guess that will wrap it up for our discussion of Holiday Movies 2020. Uh, Jess Han, where can people follow you online? I am at Jess Jude Tweets at Twitter. And my handle currently is all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> and I'm anonymous. There is no singing involved, uh, but my handle is absolute Yulnit. In honor of the, <laughs> yeah, of the sheep. You can find me at Marvin Yeo. I don't have a, I didn't realize people were doing It's Marvin Yeo-Tide Carol. That's, it's so, Please it's, it's it. as obvious as Santa versus Snowman, which I'm going to go Google watch rip, like pirate somehow. You can find our podcast at Good Pop Club, and you can find us online at goodpop.club. We are a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective. Um, check out our fellow Asian-hosted podcast by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. 
And yeah, happy holidays. Um, let us know what you think about this upcoming crop of holiday movies. And please join us again next time on the Good Pop Culture Club. Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada's a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 